here's the starting lineup for the Generations Sports Podcast, presented by Calf Sports. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever it is, wherever you are, and welcome to the Generation Sports Podcast. I'm Jeff Kennedy, along with Bill Unkovich. Hey now. Dave Zorn. I'm exhausted. And Casey Everett. <laughs> what? Hi. Hi. <laughs> That's all I could say is hi. How's it going, guys? Dave, Dave you're, you're tired today? Yes. And are you tired and grumpy or just tired? I was tired. Okay. I, I can't be grumpy. It was, uh, you know, not to obviously go into a whole bunch, but it was a pretty emotional day yesterday for a long time. So yeah. I'm, I'm happy to be home. I'm just tired. Well, you know what? We're, we're glad to have you back and glad that you were, uh, you were able to make it in, all things considered. Hey, let's, uh, let's get things started. We're going to talk some college football. No World Series to talk about. I'm kind of going to miss baseball, but we do have plenty of college football. Five games that we'll break down for you. Four games in the NFL. Of course, we'll have Stump the Unk in between that, our opportunity to see if we can get one past Flagstaff Bill. Sports Through the Ages this week. Bill Unkovich has the honors. Dave, Sports Around the Mountain. And then, of course, we'll close things out with our crunch time, one minute to rant about whatever you want to rant about. Dave, I'm expecting you to not have much of a rant today, but I'm just poking the bear. It's going to be cool. It's a heartfelt, uh, you know, it's not really a rant. Okay. Kind of a mini sports uh, through the ages. A little oh, mini one. Cool. A, a mini sports through yeah. the ages. Okay. Because it's only supposed to be like a minute. Well, yeah. So it's got to be. <laughs> I would hope it would be a minute. <laughs> we would hope it would be a minute since it's supposed to be a minute. I guess All right. we'll find out. Nice start, guys. Bill is focused over there. So I'll tell you what. I'm going to start with you because you, you've got your game face on. Number two, Georgia, is playing Number nine, Ole Miss. Is this the game of the day? You know, Georgia's 9 and 0, Ole Miss 8 and 1. Is this the game of the, of the day? Is this the marquee matchup? Yeah, it could be. Um, Kiffin struggled in these. He's 1 and 5 versus top 10 teams as coach of Mississippi. But I think the Rebels could be a little problematic for the Bulldogs. Um, Mississippi's going to speed up the tempo and try to make Georgia uncomfortable. But I think Brock Bauer is going to play the, the all world tight end for the Georgia Bulldogs. Mississippi needs a clean game, no turnovers. They have a chance to cover and, and actually maybe win. And Georgia shouldn't uh, overlook them because they got Tennessee in Tennessee next week. And I'll be there, by the way. Oh, nice. What's the spread? Uh, the spread this week is Georgia minus 11 and a half. All right. So you like Georgia? Yeah, I like Georgia. Dave? It is uh, oh, Georgia. I, I'm, maybe, I'm not even really going to detail. They're at home. Uh, what was the spread again? I'm sorry. 11 and a half? Well. Jeez. But yeah, they're at home and they're Georgia. Yeah, I'll take Georgia. No problem. Yeah, I'm going to take Georgia in this one as well. If they weren't at home, this would be a closer game. But considering it is at Georgia, they usually play. When's the last time they lost at home? Yeah. Eight like, years six, ago? Six, <laughs> yeah, 684 <laughs> games or whatever. It's, it's there been, you go. It's been a ridiculous amount of games. But get this. Um, Georgia defense gives up only 15.4 points per game. Wow. The sixth in the country, 282 yards uh, on the ground. Ole Miss scores 38, almost 40 points a game. Something's going to give here. I think this game is going to be close. I mean, straight up, I think Georgia wins. Against that 11.5 point spread, that I, is like, a big spread. I like Ole Miss. All right, I surprised you guys. Not at all. <laughs> all right, number three, Michigan is at number 10, Penn State. They will start with you. It's at Happy Valley. Okay, uh, I think I, I think the things that have gone on off the field for Michigan will come back and finally bite them this week. 
This is a place, Happy Valley, where Penn State is a completely different football team. You you, you combine that crowd with the, the amped up that, that Penn State's going to be, combined with the crap that's gone on behind in the Michigan program right now. I I like Penn State going away. I don't, I don't care what the spread is. Penn State's going to win and probably win by a lot in this game. What's the spread? The Michigan's uh, favored by four and a half points. Oh, I'm taking Penn State in the upset then. Okay. Bill? Uh Really, we're not sure on Coach Harbaugh's status with uh, what Dave brought up, uh, the huge sign-stealing issue, but neither of these teams have really played anybody. Well, Penn State did lose to Ohio State, and I saw Penn State play a couple different times this year, and their offense was very high schoolish, in my opinion. Um, they Look at their schedule, who they played. They haven't played anybody. Michigan's loaded, very deep at every position. Um, I think they shut down Penn State's offense and easily covered this game. Uh, Penn State's head coach, James Franklin, is 2-20 versus top 10 teams and 1-10 versus top 5 teams. That points to a Michigan victory, and I think they easily cover the spread this week. Yeah, this is I like how there's so many top 25 matchups this week, and we get to see what, actual, what the actual teams are like this week. And I like Penn State also. I think it, it's going to be a lot closer game than we – I mean, the spread isn't even that deep, honestly. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Dave here. I think the spread they cover Penn State cover. You like Penn State to cover? Okay, yep. so interesting. And and before I even give you picks, this whole science stealing thing, but that the the controversy, this feels like one of those stupid NC NC two A rules to me. So I just want to get your you guys thoughts on that because I I, I know it's a thing. The rules are the rules, but. You know, don't you scout teams anyway? I mean, so so kind of maybe Bill, you can shed some light on this for me. What's what's the big deal about this? Well, I think there there are rules to how you gain an advantage or or, or get the other team signs. I think they went and the little bit I know about this. I think they went over the top, and um, a lot of people don't like Michigan anyway, so they're looking <laughs> for a reason to punish them. And and Jim Harbaugh is not everybody's favorite coach, so we'll see what happens. Uh, no, he's not. No, Casey, do you have thoughts on that? Uh, the whole cheating thing. Yeah, yeah. Whenever you're cheating, and it's it's fine until you get caught, right? And then the moment you get caught, it's like, oh, the world's falling apart. No, you did something stupid. You got caught. That's rule number one. If you're going to cheat, don't get caught. Okay. You, got, you got caught. And just because it's a stupid rule doesn't mean that you get to break it, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, all right. That, that's fair. All right, so my pick on this one. Okay? <laughs> going um, back to that. Go, going back to that, four and a half is not a lot of points. Okay? And Penn State, to your, to your point, Bill, has looked terrible offensively. I just think sometimes distraction is distraction. As good as Michigan is, this has been a week of distractions, and that, that could happen. And, and, yeah, and and they haven't really played anyone. So this this particular Penn State defense, they have the number one rushing and yards per carry defense in the country. They also rank number four nationally at eight point three tackles for loss per game, with fifteen players sitting at it three tackles for losses or more. Fifteen. Wow. That defense is very good. I think they very much keep themselves in this game they're playing at home i like penn state to win outright but definitely to cover the four and a half point spread i'm telling you right now with all the distractions with this uh, scandal michigan's gonna route or penn state's gonna win yeah <laughs> there, there's no in between yeah there really isn't there really is all right number five washington they are nine and oh they are 
facing the number 18, Utah, at 7-2. and two. Casey, we'll start with you. Before we get started, Dave gave me the, his picks because he had to leave the room for a second. So he's actually going to take Washington in this game. So Dave is going to take Washington. Um, that being said, it's at Washington. Washington usually plays really well at home. I don't know if they really had that tough of a schedule, but they're playing against a Utah team that you never know where you're going to get out of them. Some games they're really good. Some games they can't produce offensively. And they've had the problem with their quarterbacks getting hurt a lot of the season. So with that being said, I'm, I'm going to take Washington as well. Well, the, the Michael Penix-led uh, Huskies are – and he's actually the current favorite to win the Heisman Trophy right now. I, I don't think this is over yet. There's still four or five guys in the hunt. Uh, they beat Oregon, who I think is going to the CF um, championship game for college. But here's a stat. Utah beat ASU 55-3. to Washington beat ASU 15-7. to I think nine and a half points is way too many. I love Utah here, and I'll be all over them on Saturday afternoon. Even on the road, huh? Even on the road. Okay. Uh, the Huskies have definitely looked vulnerable at least the last several weeks. They have won their last five games by a combined 37 points with no margin of victory greater than 10. Nine and a half is a lot. I definitely think they're vulnerable in this game. I know they're playing at home. Bill, I, I like Utah to cover this spread as well. Very nice. Very good. All right, Casey. All right. Get to go first. All number right. Number 13, Tennessee. At number 14, Missouri. I think this is going to be a really fun game. And 13 versus 14, you never know what you're going to get. So most of the time, you just look at who's been playing the best, who's been playing the better teams. I really like Tennessee in this game. Even though they're away, Dave also has Tennessee in this game. Um, I think it's going to be a tough one. What's the spread on this one, Bill? The Tennessee-Missouri game? Yeah. Tennessee's minus one on the road. Minus one. So it's basically like flip a coin, you yeah, know? Yeah. So, I mean, it could – you can't get a minus one, really. It's going to be really tough to see that. So <laughs> you just pick the team that – I don't know, that you just feel. And yeah. I'm going to pick Tennessee. Okay. Well, both teams come in at 7-2. and um, Tennessee is the big-name program here. But Missouri's only two losses this year were to Georgia and LSU. But Tennessee better not peek ahead to next week's game against Georgia. I think in a high-scoring affair, Tennessee just does enough to, to get a road win. You guys all like Tennessee on the road? Let's hear it. I, 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 like, I like Missouri at home. You, know, you look at their two losses against very, very good football teams. And, you know, Bill, have all the years I've known you, I mean, three points – at home, at least three points at home. Isn't that pretty much the rule? That, okay. that is the rule. Okay. It well, doesn't always hit, but that's that's the standard for sports betting. Home I'm, dog. All right. I'm I'm taking the home dog oh. in this one. See, I feel I've been paying attention to you these last 30 <laughs> years. All right. Final college game. Number six, Oregon, is at unranked USC. Yes, I said that. Now unranked USC, seven and three. They have not looked good. And uh, Oregon... To your point, Bill, looks like I still think they're a step down from the most elite teams in college football this year. But you know what more do they have to do? I mean, they're eight and one. They've had some really good wins. Their offense is firing on all cylinders. They what put up what sixty three on Cal last week. So I like I like Oregon at home against USC. Bill, who do you like? Well, Oregon's minus fifteen in this game against the Trojans. When was the last time USC was a 15-point underdog in any game, first of all? 
Second of all, here's the totals, the defensive totals, for how many points USC's given up in the last five games. 52, 49, 34, 48, 41. What the heck is Oregon <laughs> going to put on them? Yeah, their defensive coordinator finally got fired, long overdue, and UCLA's offense is going to get their points. Um, I, I think the coaching change could give the defense some new life, but I've been saying that for three or four weeks now with the Trojans. I don't think so. Oregon's prolific offense takes care of business. Um, it's going to be a, a fun game to watch, a lot of points. Yep. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of points. Uh, just before, it, Dave also has Oregon, so mark him okay. down for Oregon. Um, but, yeah, I agree with all you guys. The Trojans' defense can't stop anybody. Put Coconino against them, let's see what happens. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I'm i 65 years old, and I can tackle better than a lot of the guys <laughs> on USC's defense. But this could be a situation where the new defensive coordinator could change something, and we don't know what's going to happen because well, we have haven't inter- seen it. They have interim coaches that were the, the DB coach or linebacker coach taking over, so they're in the program. I wonder how much say they had previously. That's a good point. Casey. Yeah, so we don't know. So it could be a completely different Trojan defense come tomorrow. Do you feel confident enough in what you just no. said to pick the Trojans? No, I do okay. not. Right. No, I'm not going to pick the Trojans, but I I just want to point out there, I feel so bad for Caleb Williams because he probably had one of his best games that he's ever had in college. They still lost, yeah. and that's just heartbreaking. You saw him tear down on the field or with his parents um, after the game, and people are making fun of him. He just cares that much, and it's sad to see that he can score like 40, 50 points and still lose. Well, the, he's the a few, Kirk Cousins of the of the college football. I Caleb think, Williams is a future Bears quarterback, it looks like right now. Yeah. <laughs> Here, here's, here's, what's, here's what's really funny about that, because a couple weeks ago we were really critical of Caleb Williams and you know that scene on the sidelines and that loss. It seemed like he had separated himself from his teammates, and it, it wasn't a good look, okay? So now a couple weeks later with the loss last week and – that breaking down on on the sidelines. I think that, and I, I don't think it was staged, so I'm not saying anything like that, so don't read in. I just think that that was probably an important visual for the country to see, for the, for the, for the football fans, the college football fans to see, because I think there was some growing sentiment that he didn't care that much, that he already had his eyes on the NFL and what that was going to look like. And I think that moment of emotion Proved to the country he that cares. he's he's a football player. He ca- he cares about winning and losing, and he was. So I think that was good to see. I think that was good for him. You know, for he, his he reminds me of of Patrick Mahomes, but his little spin around move that seems to confuse all the tacklers. I don't know if that's going to work in the NFL. We'll see. I, I'm anxious to see his his results. It it might work a little. Okay, <laughs> it'll work sometimes. He just does a little pirouette, <laughs> yeah. and the guy falls down. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Those those guys are probably not going to fall Catch down me if in you the can. NFL. Yeah, you <laughs> bet. All right, that's college football for this week. Let's move on to our next segment. Chance for us to see if we can get one by Flagstaff. Bill, stump the young Casey. I'm starting with you. All right, Bill. So this week's because I didn't have last week's because I was gone. I have who because I I didn't even get to talk about the World Series. Really disappointing about that, but. There are only a certain amount of teams that have not won the World Series. How many teams is it? I, I think it's four or five, and I'm going to not cheat, but I need to go to the standings, <laughs> and, and I'm looking at – I know Colorado Rockies have not won one. Mm-hmm. I, I know um, the Seattle Mariners have not won one, mm-hmm. and Tampa Bay hasn't won one. Right. Three, 
Well, give give me a hint. Is it four or five? Well, that's the question. <laughs> Yo, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? What, that's what the question. Mean? How Can many? You give me a hint. How many is it? No, that's great. Well, I almost got to buy him. Casey's pretty smart. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with four. Four? Yeah. Oh. Who am I missing? The Padres have not won. Milwaukee has not won. Yeah. And who is the? I got the other three. Yeah, the other thing. So, yeah. yeah. Good question. Yeah, that's good a question. great question. All right, good job, Casey. Not so good a job, Bill. All right, so try to pull him <laughs> past me. I I so I've got a question and a bonus question. Can I do that? Sure. Yeah, I'm well, Dave's, I, Dave's gone. Here. Yeah, Dave's, Dave's not here. here. All right, so I got a question and a bonus question for you. All right, so your question is, what baseball player has the most grand slams in MLB history? You know, I I'm torn between a couple of different people and I I should know this. If it's an old-time guy, it's Lou Gehrig, and I think he did hold the record at one time, um, but I think somebody passed him. Yeah, it's not Lou Gehrig. It's not Lou Gehrig. <laughs> That's your hint. It's not Lou Gehrig. <laughs> all, all I know is Lou Gehrig had like 180 RBIs one year, and that was the year Babe Ruth hit 60 home runs batting in front of him. <laughs> so every time hit. somebody was on base, he got a hit and got an RBI. So I don't know who the current guy is, Jeff. Alex Rodriguez with uh, 25 career grand slams. I can't even put the noise because you didn't even guess one. No, no I guess Lou Gehrig. Does that count? Yeah. yeah. No, I'm not going to do it. All right. You have a right. bonus question. So here's your bonus question, and I know you're going to get this one because That's you love... extra added pressure. I, I, I don't like that. <laughs> you don't like you know, bonus pressure? <laughs> bonus question. Bonus no, pressure. The, the, I'm gonna, you know I'm going to get this. So. Oh, okay. Well, I say that every week. <laughs> anyway, who is the only Hall of Fame pitcher? This is a great question. Who is the only Hall of Fame pitcher to never give up a Grand Slam? It's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. a tough one. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean. Greg so, Maddox. Dang it, no. <laughs> all right, all right, so give me a hint. All right, so, uh, um, 70s? He had, there were, he had three other teammates that won 20 games. Ooh, so it's an Oriole. Hmm. Um, Jim Palmer. Absolutely. Yep. He pitched nearly 4,000 innings in his career. Never gave up a grand slam, but here's something that's even more amazing. He never gave up back-to-back homers. That's ridiculous. Yeah, when <laughs> yeah. I heard that, when he told me that question, I was like, there's no way in baseball history that will ever happen again. Okay, well, I, get a, I, I agree. I've <laughs> got a follow-up question. Who were the four pitchers for the Orioles the last and the only time it's ever going to happen to win 20 games in the same season? I thought this was we're supposed to stump the unk. Not it's not right. our trivia time. I, I can't name the four, the four pitchers for the Orioles, but I know you can't. No, that's all right. No, but we'll, we'll save that for next time. <laughs> we'll save it for next time. Yeah, okay. Maybe be stump stump the Jeff. I, yeah. I would like Jeff's to... really knowledgeable on baseball, though. No, I ask all him questions me. all the time. He does very good. Yeah, I, I like my Maybe baseball we'll switch trivia. Switch it up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but uh, the amazing stat. So you you pretty much say that'll never happen. I don't think it'll goes ever happen. Four thousand innings and never gives up back to back home runs. Nope. Especially in the exit velocity launch angle juice ball era. That's all they care about okay, now. It'll right, never happen. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Four thousand innings. Four thousand innings. Wow. Never gave up back to back home runs. Gotta love it. All right. Let's move on to the NFL guys. All right. I I think there are some pretty good games, pretty good matchups this week. We've had a couple weeks that were kind of kind of dogs. But uh, this is not one of them. Five and three Ravens, or excuse me, five and three Browns are playing at the seven and two Ravens. I, I know that sentiment seems to be in the room that the best team in the AFC right now are the Bengals. I say not so fast. You know, the Chiefs are still in the AFC last I checked. 
And this Ravens team that nobody wanted to get on board with me weeks ago when I said, watch out for the Ravens. I'm going to say it again. Watch out for this Baltimore Ravens team. Bill, I'll start with you. Cleveland normally plays them pretty tough. It's a division game, but the, the Ravens hammered the Browns 28-3 to in October. And uh, it's always difficult to beat the same team twice in a season. Uh, Baltimore is playing like a top three NFL team right now. And if they're as good as Jeff thinks, they win this and cover this game. But I've got a feeling I think the Browns are going to hang around here. Uh, six points, that's kind of a lot for a division game. They, they see each other twice a year. So I'm going with Cleveland. Yeah, this is a – it's so hard because did they have Deshaun Watson when they played the first time? I don't, I, I I don't believe think so. so. Did they? Yeah. Because Deshaun Watson had a really good game last week, and he finds his receiver, whether it's Elijah Moore or it's um, Amari Cooper. He seems to find them every single time down the field when it matters. So this is going to be a really good game. We have to see what defense comes out. We know the Browns' defense is very good, and Baltimore's defense has proven to be pretty good as of recently. So this is going to be a really close game. But I like the Ravens in this game because they are at home. And their offense, if they have everything firing on all cylinders, they're they're really hard to stop. They're hammering teams the last three weeks, not they, just winning games. They are. Now, okay, so the Browns have tallied the three lowest yardage totals of the season so far. But here's the other side of that. The Ravens defense has registered the number five lowest yard yardage total, and they held the Seahawks to just 151 yards in their 37-3 win a week ago. And I think going into that game, we all would have said Seahawks are a pretty good team. Yeah, and, yeah. And, Kenneth and, Walker and, and, didn't do anything that whole game. They stopped the run very well. They, they, they lead the, the – or they did. Yeah. And then they get hammered Got, they, by 35 points. They crushed them. I, I think Baltimore is that good and they're getting better. Mm-hmm. Cleveland, you know, there's no question that's a, that defense is elite. So this could be a low-scoring game. Six, probably a lot, Bill, to your point – I like the Ravens. I, I I think that they win this game. I think they win it by seven to ten points. We'll see what Deshaun Browns. Watson we get. Well, Desha- what Deshaun Watson to. was virtually out of the game for a year and a half. That's a long time to not get any reps. Yeah, Maybe he's rounding into form or into shape, but we'll see on Sunday. But even this season, he's been in and out all year long. It's like what, whether he's questionable or not, that's just what it is. So we need to find that out and see what Deshaun you get. You bet, you bet. And Casey, I'm going to start with you on the next game because this one's all about you. <laughs> the five and four Saints are at the five and four Vikings. Casey's team, the New Orleans Saints. Oh man, this is a very tough game because it depends. Josh Dobbs, like, what is he? Do you think he pulls off a miracle like that again? No. Probably not. No. So, with that being said, I'm going to take the Saints here. I really and Justin Jefferson is not coming back. It looks like he's not coming back for this game. They're going to wait another week for him to come back. And the Saints, the, everybody's healthy right now. And, I mean, you still have Derek Carr to deal with. But Taysom Hill's been a very good player as of recently. They give him the ball whenever they need to push into the touch to get a touchdown. I mean, Michael Thomas has been great. Alvin Kamara's been playing out of his mind. So this offense, if they get going, they will win this game. The big if, though, is if Derek Carr can actually show up for once. Yeah. Yeah. As, as a Raider fan, I've had a lot of Derek Carr, so... Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't. You know, don't. I'm do just not ever get your hopes too nope, high. I'm not, <laughs> Bill. Well, I, Vikings had a great win last week. That that comeback victory with uh, the Arizona quarterback that they traded for, but New Orleans scored 62 points in their last two wins. I think the offense is coming around. Um, the Vikings have won their last four games. I don't know how they did that, but 
on paper, it looks like the Saints are going to win. Uh, what we talked about earlier, I, I kind of going with the home dog here. They're both 5-4. and four. This is a very important game to both teams for their playoff chances. So you like Minnesota? I like Minnesota. What's the spread? Two and a half at home. Ooh, it's two and a half. Um, I like the Saints. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's really all I have to say about that. All right. Bill, Bill I, I like New Orleans in this game. Well, I don't like them, but uh, I, I, I just don't see the Vikings. I mean, yeah, they've won four in a row. I don't think they get to five in a row. Josh Dobbs, you just – Josh Dobbs is – Come on. The miracle, it happened last week. He'd been on five teams in the last two and a half years. And there's Poor a reason guy. for that. Yeah. There's a reason for that. I think one of the games of the day, and I know we talked about the Browns and the Ravens, but I think this matchup is very compelling. The 49ers, 5-3, and three, coming off three straight losses and a bye week, face a Jaguars team that is starting to now kind of make that move into the conversation of, you know, they're still a step down from an elite team, but they're very good. And Trevor Lawrence, you know, is he the next great quarterback in this league? You know, can't should he be mentioned now in the same sentence as that tier group that has Josh Allen and and Joe Burrow? You know, does does he fall into that group? Bill, I'll start with you on this one. I can tell you, I I like Jacksonville. I'm not saying that I think that I'm not picking them to win yet. But Bill, who do you like this week? Well, this I think this is the most interesting game of the day in the, for the pros. Both teams come in and off a bye. So uh, San Francisco, which needed this um, after losing their last three games, if the Jags are for real, they should win this game at home as well. I, I really like both these teams. It's hard to pick, but um, I'm going to go with the home dog here. I'll, excuse me. Um, I always go with the home dog, but not here. I'm going to take San Francisco plus three to get back on track. Yeah, and I think I'm going to agree with you. I think that bye week is going to be crucial for the 49ers, and they had it last week. And they're coming into this game. Hopefully they're a little bit more healthy than they were the past couple weeks because the last three weeks they didn't have Debo Samuels. They didn't have – I mean, Christian McCaffrey they still had, but Brock Purdy was not he, – he was he still had a concussion. They just didn't want to say it. Their massive tackle, left tackle, was out for a couple games. Yeah. I mean, you cannot replace that guy. Trent Williams, he, he's a maniac. Yeah, so I think this is the week where they get back on track. I think Jacksonville is going to put up a fight, but I think the 49ers end up coming with a win. Really tough to pick against the 49ers and to, to lose four games in a row. I mean, there, there's no question that with that defense and uh, what that team has showed, particularly early in the season, starting the season, you know, 5-0, and oh, uh, they look like the best team in the league you right. know, for, for five weeks. I got a feeling here. I, I think w- one, thing, one thing about teams when they, they learn how to win, they start to gain confidence, you've got, you know, a, a potential, you know, great elite elite leader in Trevor Lawrence who knows how to win. There's something happening in Jackson in Jacksonville that I think is very interesting and very compelling. I think they're gaining a lot of confidence, and I think they have enough to beat a 49er team that even has an elite defense, particularly at home. I'm going to pick Jacksonville here to to cover the spread for sure. Maybe win this game outright. But Jacksonville, they're six and two. That's the second best record in the league. You know, they're a for real team. Yeah, yeah, they are. Where's their schedule at, though, compared to the 49ers? And no doubt. No, no it's doubt. been a lot easier, no. but and their division's a lot easier, but they're still playing good football. I won't yeah. give them, I won't knock them for that necessarily, but yeah. If the 49ers don't win this week and they go to five and four, five and four, 
brutal. You know, four, four straight losses. Now, what are we, and obviously we have to get there. This is a conversation for next week, but what does it start to say about them? The 49ers really do need to win this and game. And that division you know? too. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Dave, hi. Sorry, I had to attend to something real quick. <laughs> I had a new to bug out on you guys, but probably probably for the better because I would have embarrassed you in my picks. Um, well, 49ers-Jags, I'll make it quick. I, I, I still like the 49ers. Like they're getting healthy. If, if um, you know, they stay that way and Brock can shake off some uh, early problems here in the last couple of weeks, I like the Niners even on the road against a, a Jacksonville team that's getting better, but I'll take the Niners. Okay, you guys are on the Niners. I like the Jags. Texans at Bengals. What's the spread, guys? 84 in favor of the Bengals. Right? Bengals are seven, minus seven. Did, Texas, did the Texans sign a kicker this week, by the way? <laughs> yeah, it's me. They, they, have, they have a kicker. <laughs> yeah, the running back, right? They're running back. They're backup. He's backup. the biggest running back I've ever seen and the biggest kicker I've ever seen last week. Oh, he so made a field goal. You haven't, yeah. seen, you haven't seen high school football lately, have you? There's a bunch of big, big old offensive linemen that are kicking these days. That's the way it was in the old days. Yeah, there you go. yeah. How fun is that? And you kick straight ahead. All right, Casey, we'll start with you on this one. So the Bengals are beat up a little bit. They're not going to have Jamar Chase, it looks like. They might not even have T. Higgins this week. So that's two of their best wide receivers that are probably going to be out for this game, making it interesting for the Texans to come and pull an upset and beat them. Whether they can get some offensive from Tyler Boyd, we'll see. But this is going to be – not as far apart as people have been thinking just because of those injuries. So I still think the Bengals pull it off because they're at home and they still have Tyler Boyd and they have Joe Mixon. They have they still have offensive weapons, but it's not going to be – I think it's going to be a lot closer than everybody thinks. I think Joe Burrow is one of the coolest guys on the planet, and he, <laughs> he knows what he's doing. But Texas quarterback C.J. Stroud has been phenomenal uh, the last six weeks, especially at home. This game's not at home. And they have to travel to play an energized Bengal team. I did not know that about the Bengal receivers possibly being out. Um, I think Burrow and the Bengals take care of business. Um, they're, get, they're getting poised for a Super Bowl run. I, I really like the Bengals, and I actually bet them to win the AFC, and I bet Joe Burrow to win the MVP because the odds were phenomenal. Okay. Bit of a long shot. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I see what C.J. Stroud did last week and basically winning the Rookie of the Year. I don't think there's any doubt at this point. Um, I, what a role that kid is on. He, he's facing a good Bengals defense, but it's not great. I, I think I like the Texans here just because of what Stroud did last week and looking to carry on that momentum. I like C.J. Stroud a lot. I, I really he's do. He's good. And, Very and good. I, I agree with you, Dave. He probably locked up the, the Rookie of the Year. He, and, and it's a great story, which maybe we'll get into in some coming weeks. I just like the Bengals here. They're getting right at the at the right time, and uh, even he's healthy. Burrow's yeah, healthy, yeah. Now. And even with some injuries, you know, he'll find he'll find other guys to get the ball to. I like Cincinnati to cover the seven. All right, good job, guys. So those are our NFL picks. We will uh, run those down, get our results next week. Time for sports through the ages. Our man Flagstaff Bill had the honors this week. Sports through the ages on the <clears throat> Sports Generations podcast. We haven't had a golf segment for Sports Through the Ages yet. I was going to highlight Tiger Woods, but unless you've been living under a rock for the last 25 years, you know who he is and everybody else does as well. And his complete domination of the sport. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to share about Jack Nicklaus, somebody that came from my generation, who was Tiger before he was Tiger. Born in 1940, Jack Nicklaus, or the Golden Bear, was widely considered the greatest or one of the greatest ball strikers and golfers of all time. Jack won 18 majors, 
three more than Tiger, and he finished second in 19 other majors. He won a major in 1962. He won a major in 1986. By the age of 26, he had won all of the majors. His idol was Bobby Jones from the 20s and 30s. The galleries were always cheering and rooting for Arnold Palmer, the most popular player of, of his era. But Nicholas, all he did was win, win, and win some more. 117 career victories. We don't have enough time to go over all of his golf accomplishments, but here are just a few. He won his first major in 1962 and the last in 1986. He was the first player to win the Masters back-to-back. -back. You won't see his name on the all-time career money's earnings list because money wasn't that big of a deal back then. Tiger had a lot to do with that and why the golfers make much more money in today's golf world. Lots of great golfers out there these days, but Jack was the man in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Do yourself a favor and Google Jack Nicklaus and all of his golf accomplishments when you have two or three hours to burn. This is Bill Unk, the old guy on Sports Through the Ages. Nice job, old guy. Yeah. <laughs> old guy. I asked everybody at the restaurant, do they know who Jack Nicklaus is? One out of 15. And it, it's just a different era. I got a question. Who, who's this Tigre? Tiger guy? He's, he's a guy that's been playing pretty good bad? for the last 20, 25 years. Must be practicing a lot to get better. You wait till you see his kid. He's got a 14, 15 year old son that's got the most beautiful swing you've ever seen. And he's got Tiger for a coach. Yeah, he's he's going to be pretty good too. But, you know, there was a time in Tiger's career where it looked like not only would he catch Jack at 18 majors, that he would blow by him, you know, and then stalled out and that was it. Now it's never going to happen. Jack's going to hold on to that record. And, Bill, you're an avid golfer. Does that record ever get broken of 18 majors i really don't think so you know that's back then that's what he focused on he, he did his whole schedule around that the golfers i hate saying that they're a little more competitive now than, than they were back in the day there's a lot more better golfers guys can come up and, and win a big tournament but but jack he just won everywhere he won he was fantastic really fun to watch a great ambassador for the game um, and now he took it to a whole new level designing golf courses what a great life uh, absolutely. It, golfers look different than they did, you know, 23, 20 and 30 years ago. Of course, a lot of athletes do. But do, do you think, you know, all of the weightlifting and the different things that they do, we know how it enhances your performance in other sports, in, in football and, and baseball and basketball. Same in, in golf? Is it is it a big factor? In, in the era that we're talking about with Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer, uh, Gary Player, on the other hand, was – he was working out and doing all those things back in the day. None of the other golfers were. <laughs> Let me tell you, they're in the bar afterwards talking about their round. The the new golf game, if you if you watch that show they have on Netflix, it's unbelievable. The workout programs they go through, the torque they put on their bodies, all they do is golf. Back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, it, they didn't do a lot of that side stuff. All right, good stuff. Thank you, Bill. All right, let's uh, let's bring it back local. Time to check out what's happening here in northern Arizona. Sports Around the Mountain with Dave Zorn. Hey, Dave. Well, it was, uh, this is the first time I, we recorded the podcast where I actually have, you know, the high school game is actually done and I can recap it. It was It's fresh. <laughs> so uh, that's a first. And, and uh, I tell you what, it was a blast, even though I'm exhausted this morning. Uh, it was a blast last night in Phoenix. It was a game of runs, but it was the running of Arcadia running back Brady Forst that carried the Titans to a 23-20 win over Coconino in the first round of the 4A State playoffs last night. 
Forrest had 171 yards rushing on 24 carries and a pair of touchdowns. He's 5'7", guys. And, and when I see him run, I, the first person I thought of was Dave, Dave Meggett. Or little first, quick guy. first person, yeah. Uh, and a little bit of uh, David Winsley, if you want to tie it into Flagstaff. You know, former flag high in Arizona State Sunday. One Ram, I think, too, wasn't he? Not, not, not for very long. Not for, not, <laughs> yeah, why? Well, yeah. well, not a surprise either. Anyway, the uh, Titans scored first on a field goal. Then Kokino scored 14 unanswered points to take a 14-3 lead. Arcadia would add a touchdown as Kokino led 14-10 at halftime. Arcadia would hold the Panthers a three and out, take the lead, but they missed the extra point. That was huge, but they took the lead 16-14. Then Coconino junior kicker Jose Miguel Villanueva nailed a 47-yard field goal that had about five more yards on it, by the way, as Coconino retook the lead 17-16. He would add a 37-yard field goal to make it 20-16. The Titans then would take the lead for good after they scored a touchdown with 131 to play. Coconino would drive down to about midfield, and the Titans picked off quarterback Colton Buckingham for the second time in the game to seal the win. Bridger French ends his career uh, with 134 yards on 24 carries and a touchdown and goes over 1,600 yards for the season, finishing as the number one running back in the 4A conference. All three Grand Canyon region teams lost last night, by the way. Bradshaw fell to Thunderbirds 17-16, and Lee Williams at home lost to AZ College Prep 21-14, a combined loss of 11 points for all three region teams. So uh, the Grand Canyon region is done with football for the year. Uh, tomorrow, any final football home football game is against Northern Colorado, who's winless of the year. Kickoff will be at 1 o'clock in the Dome. And uh, some br- timely breaking news for you. As I, Before we started the program, the NU cross-country team, both men's and women's, swept the NCAA Mountain Regionals. That's the dynasty in Flagstaff. For those listening not in Flagstaff, the NU cross-country is like Alabama to football. It's, it's a dynasty. There's nobody close to touching them. And, again, they got a strong team. The women were first and won by 39 points. They finished first, sec- sixth, seventh, tenth, and fifteenth. You add those up, that's the points. And he was great. So Larkland won the individual race. Uh, they finished 20 points ahead of BYU. Men's side, they won with 36 points, and they beat BYU by 53 points. Next up is a chance to repeat as national champs for the men. That's next Saturday in Charlottesville, Virginia. So quite a few things on, on DACA. And, I, I, again, I want to congratulate Kogany on a great season. We saw Flagstaff head coach Mickey Clements there last night, and it's the first time this year, guys, I haven't seen him smile. Never even in a loss, Mickey smiling. He didn't smile last night. the The community that was involved in that last night with Coconino was really cool, uh, and a lot of fans, a lot of love, a lot of support. It was it was really neat to be a part of that, and a great game. I, Coconino did the best they could. No mistakes. No, I don't say no mistakes, but it was a great game played by them. They left everything on the field, not to be too cliche. So, all right, good job. All right, that's what's going on locally here. All right, we're just about to wrap up, guys. It's time. For crunch time, about a minute for each of us to rant on whatever you want. Casey, I think I want to start with you. So this week, obviously, NBA is getting started. And I want to talk about James Harden real quick. James Harden's done, man. He looks terrible as a Clipper. There's allegations that he already wants to be out as a Clipper. And he just got there. It was his first couple games. He's Everywhere he goes, he's been the problem. Dude, just just go away. <laughs> like, Just go to a team that you can be the superstar like you were at Houston and just set off in the sunset having somewhat of a decent back end of your career because it's almost over for him. Yeah, go somewhere where he can be the superstar, win 35 or 40 games, and we can stop Call talking about it. Well, did you hear what he said, though? They, they interviewed said, well, I don't play in the system. I am the system. That's yeah. the problem. <laughs> what yeah, an no, head, You are the problem. The problem. Yeah. yeah, that is the problem. Dave? Dave? As we come to an end to a high school football season, I just want to give a shout-out to the Lee Williams Volunteers. We mentioned they lost last night. They won their first-ever region title as a school this year. 
But tradition lies deep at Lee Williams, literally. Part of the football field and one section of the bleachers are located on the site of an old pi- of the old Pioneer Cemetery. Some of the graves were relocated in 1944, but due to the cost of reinterment, a number of unclaimed bodies remain, possibly at the 43-yard line, first and 10. But it's a pregame ceremony that hits home, truly. You see how I did that? Uh, the volunteer football team vo- follows a cart with a memorial on it led by bagpipes music being played, dedicated to the firefighters who have passed in Kingman. The crowd stands. Not one person says a thing until the team breaks from the memorial. If you're ever in Kingman during football season and Lee Williams has a home game, do yourself a favor and go check it out. It reminds us sometimes there's more to life and being human than just a game. Casey, I know you we you went over the first time. It was amazing. Right? It was really cool. Yeah, yeah. It hits you a little differently. That that sounds really cool. And, you know, those are the type of traditions that, I mean, you want to celebrate those. That's yeah. awesome. Good job. Bill? Uh, this week I'm going to do mine on cheating. Uh, when did it be okay to cheat in sports? With the latest scandal hitting Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines, cheating has become front and central for many of the college and pro teams. Wasn't that long ago that the Houston Astros in baseball with the trash can and sign-stealing scandal put a huge damper on the playoffs and World Series? What's the difference between trying to gain an advantage on your opponent or out-and-out cheating to win the game? And I've always really disliked this term. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. Where are people's morals, good sportsmanship, and ethics? Personally, it wouldn't work for me if I blatantly cheated to win. It would ruin the whole experience. We teach our kids this when they're growing up, this standard and what you should do, why it doesn't Why doesn't it hold over for adults. If Michigan was Northwestern, the program would have been shut down. But because Michigan's a great team and can possibly get to the college football playoff, it now becomes about money. Think college football, NCAA, Big Ten should do the right thing, punish the responsible parties no matter the consequences and loss of revenue. Let's show the world that cheating will not be tolerated at any level. Play hard, win or lose, shake hands and say good game. All right. Well nice. Said. Well said. I like it. Can I add something real quick? Like I just, as he, you just said that, Bill. Last night at the end of the Coconino Arcadia game, the, the, the fans from Arcadia started rushing the field and celebrating before they even had the handshake line. Arcadia's players, all of them, got in front of the students and said, no, not yet. We're going to shake their hands first, then we can celebrate. So they moved the students nice. back, and they went through the handshake line, then they started celebrating. I thought that was amazing by Arcadia to do that. Good stuff. I love it. Love it. All right, my, my rant will be a brief one. Uh, you know, in the NFL – they have something called you know, the flex rule or flex scheduling, right? Listen, I get the rule. I understand when it starts. It should have started already. And last night's Bears-Panthers matchup oh in prime goodness. time on Thursday night was an indication that the NFL is trying but not trying hard enough to give us compelling games. How many more primetime games are the Jets going to play in? I know when the season started and we thought that Aaron Rodgers was going to be the quarterback. With that defense, it made for a compelling matchup. Not so much anymore. The NFL's flex schedule, get this, it can be used twice between weeks 5 and 10. Okay, what happened? Then it can be used during weeks 11 through 17 at the NFL's discretion. Please use your discretion. Stop showing me the Jets. Monday Night Football. Flex scheduling can be used between weeks 12 and 17. Why not sooner? And for Thursday night, flex scheduling can be used up to two times between weeks 13 and 17. But not yet. It's only week 11. And so we get the Panthers and the Bears on Thursday night. 
Has Let's a very get this diff- thing right. <laughs> very difficult game to watch last night. Are you saying more people turned over to what we were doing last night than actually the NFL game? I like that idea. <laughs> that was that was great, Jeff. Thank you for that. Absolutely. I'm awake cool. now. I'm awake. Uh, 100% I'm, I'm, agree. I'm still exhausted. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for this week. We always appreciate your time and attention on this show. For Casey Everett, Dave Zorn, Bill Unkovich, I'm Jeff Kennedy. Thanks for listening. And remember, national security is not at stake here. We are not solving the world's problems. We're just talking sports. That's See all it is. Now, what are you going to do? Good morning. Morning. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. So this is Vin Scully wishing you a very pleasant good afternoon wherever you may be.